Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today. Okay. Let's broaden our minds. I want a cheeseburger. I want a milkshake. I want Taylor's Arts and entertainment. You like it? There is an academic type of word I can apply. Verisimilitude. Holy moly. I'm hot today. It is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on WMAY. I'm Kevin Hart. Well, we got a great show for you today. Start off with State of the Arts with Gus Gordon. Then, going to talk with Maria Wittenauer, who used to live in Springfield. She lives in Chicago now, part of the theater community. She's offering virtual acting classes. Then, after news, got to be able to weigh out Wednesday for you. Then, bottom of the bargain bin, one of my least favorite movies, Die Hard 5. It's all coming up, but first, here is State of the Arts. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? I did. Uh, we had a nice Thanksgiving. Had a... A couple right. of people over. We were distanced. Uh, we ate outside and bundled up, but um, it was yeah, it was good. How was your Thanksgiving? It was fine. We uh, just kept it with our immediate family. Um, so my daughter in Chicago didn't come down, and I didn't get to have dinner with my parents who were in their nineties. Mm. That was a little sad, but yeah, um, still nice. And we were able to drop off some food for them and talk to them on the porch. So that was good. Nice, good. You know, we're all just you know. <laughs> Making up new rules as we get through this stupid year. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, yes, we will. The uh, you know, the vaccine development is is coming along. So um, you know, fingers crossed that you know before we know it, we'll be back on stage and back in the theater watching shows. So yep, I agree with we'll, you. We will get there, but until then, we have some virtual theater that we'll be able to watch. Uh, several things going on this weekend. Um, of course, we have uh, tomorrow night is the um, they had the VIP premiere last week, but tomorrow night is uh, the other the premiere of uh, Through Clara's Eyes, the documentary about the history of the Nutcracker here in Springfield. Uh, very excited to watch that. That is going to be um, we've talked about it, you know, quite a few times. Uh, talked to a couple people involved with it. Uh, but um, the, the ballet company has been posting uh, some photos of some of the past productions, including the very first production of the Nutcracker they did, um, and it's um, and it's it's so cool to see that uh, you know it looks very different. So cool to see that uh, that piece of uh, Springfield theater history. Oh yeah, they they do a great job with it each year, and I think it's important for folks to remember that this is taking the place of their major production of the year. This this documentary. Yes. So it's a fundraiser. Please make sure you watch it. It'll be a great time. It'll be very entertaining. And you'll also be helping the ballet company. The Nutcracker is their biggest production of the year. So they're unable to have that this year. So it's really important for them to have people support this this uh, video. Yes. And and you will be able to you'll be able to buy the ticket for it. And there will also be a, a link to donate if you also want to donate a couple extra dollars to them because Every dollar counts for, of course, every theater um, around, um, especially you know here in here in Springfield. It's a big um, community, big theater community, and yes, the the yeah. ballet company that is their their big event is the the Nutcracker. So yes, uh, please do, and it, it and I'm sure you will enjoy it because it's oh yeah, it'll be well worth your time yes. and money, and you will you'll learn a lot and you'll enjoy some beautiful artistry. Yes, you will, and also uh, going on this weekend. UIS is um, they 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 had um, a, a couple of a couple of weeks ago probably actually I think a couple of months ago now they had a couple of um, they had a couple of faculty recitals that were streamed live and free 
uh, through their own streaming service that they do. And uh, they are having one also tomorrow night um, that you'll be able to watch for free, and that is the an, an oboe concert. Um, so that'll so that'll be very interesting. Um, always great to see some. Uh, they they did they do their live uh, performances live uh, multi camera setup. Um, so that and that'll be also I believe at seven thirty, and um, you'll be able to find that link um, on their UIS Performing Arts page, um, both on their Facebook page and then of course through their website. Right. Um, and then we also, um, and this is. Um, I guess uh, this isn't this isn't local, but also starting tomorrow, um, there was a there was a West End production of Forty Second Street that was filmed for PBS, uh, their great performances series, and that is going to be on the shows must go on YouTube. They're showing it for free for forty eight hours, and that also starts uh, tomorrow. A great production, Forty um, Second Street classic musical. Uh, so um, that is also something you'll be able to watch virtually this weekend. And you can't beat the price. Oh yeah, the price of zero dollars. <laughs> it's great. So yeah, that is going to be that's going to be great. Also, um, going back to some local theater, we also have been seeing pictures of the rehearsals for Santa's Workshops Got Talent, the uh, virtual Zoom uh, show that is um, that is going on at STC. Um, that chugging along there. Um, so that is going to be a great. Um, they had a they had a Cyber Monday sale for tickets uh, this Monday, uh, which was Cyber Monday. But then you also um, tickets are still on sale now, and you can uh, go see that show. That is going to be uh, two weeks from I guess Friday is when it's yeah gonna the seventeenth the seventeenth. And um, so yeah, that'll be a virtual show, and I believe you'll also be able to. Um, that'll be the premiere, but it, I think like uh, several shows happening um, or that have already happened, uh, you'll be able to stream those again. You can rent uh, rent them. I believe that'll be able to you'll be able to do that. But um, that premiere is happening uh, in two weeks, and uh, and that'll be it'll be interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be nice to see some uh, of, of of course some more theater and you know some. A, a, a children's show that is um, is, is a completely um, young cast, and that is great. That you know, again, such a large cast, they're able to do a great, able to do a show for the holidays. Because, um, like many of us, uh, they are you know also deprived of theater at this time. So it is cool. Please support that as well. That is going to be great. Indeed, indeed, they um, they uh, the pictures look great, and it's going to be really super that. You know, all the families of these young people, maybe who live out of town, will just be able to go to their computer and be able to watch. And this is new territory, and STC is leading the way with it. And it'll be really fun to see what they come up with. Yeah, and it's um, and I'm yes, and it's going to be great. Um, um, and I and I and I gotta um talk a little bit about uh, streaming shows here because I think um, and I mean I believe we we talked about this um, many times before, especially you know back when. Uh, you first even started working on songs for New World, but I mean, I think mm-hmm. streaming shows um, for people who are um, going to be unable to see them because they aren't in town or for whatever reason can't make it, um, or even you know something like an outdoor theater like the Muni Theater in the Park show getting rained out. Um, I think. I mean, what do you think? I think that streaming shows will be um, at, at some capacity, whether it's later on or. Um, you know, you know what's going to come out like live streaming. I think that 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 right. you know, I think that is going to be here to stay for the better. Um, I believe. 
I think you're right. And I think um, that so far, I only know of one company, Music Theater International, and fortunately they cover a lot of the biggest shows. Mm -hmm. They're going to allow the streaming performances to continue after the pandemic. Now, you'll have your normal ticketed show where people come to the theater and sit down, but you'll also have the option, if every theater is different, but every theater will have the option of filming the production and then streaming it for people who are out of town or who can't make it. Um, so that's going to really open up the world. I don't know that other, other licensing companies are doing that or have plans to do that, but I think once uh, MTI starts with it, I think other people will figure out they have to, you know, keep up with the Joneses and, you know, try to do something similar. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, like you said, MTI, I mean, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of different companies that house the, uh, the rights to shows. And I believe very recently, um, a lot of them have con consolidated to this, uh, this website, Concord, has been has had yes. a lot of them, uh, but yeah, I mean, but MTI still has, um, I mean, they still have like Annie, Little Shop of Horrors, um, you know, uh, Peter Pan, uh, I mean, they have a bunch of shows that are, that are mainstays, that, uh, um, oh, yeah. that, uh, uh you know, Music Man, and Music Into Man, the Woods, How to Into the Woods, How to Succeed in Business, they have all these shows, right. and, um, right. so I think if they're going to continue streaming, I think, um, Concord and, and any other, any other rights uh, services will probably have to follow suit um, if they, yes. you know. So, but I, well, I and they're they're really easy to work with, yeah. which is why a lot of the theater groups locally like to do their shows. Oh yeah. Um, some of the other groups are a little more, oh, finicky, yeah. but MTI is is taking advantage of this time in our world yeah. and really really making it accessible for people. Yes, and I think that is that is wonderful, and they really, I really do think it's gonna it's gonna stay around. I mean, you might see. I mean, there could be, um, you never know. I mean, it's it it, it is uh, like like we're saying it is a new world with all this uh, with all the streaming going on with shows. But yep. I think it is for the better gonna stay around. Um, so, but I um, but we still have uh we still have a couple uh different uh you know, recorded shows that are going to be coming our way, um, either through Netflix or on TV. Um, one that, um, I, I guess going in order here, uh, something I saw, I was watching the original Grinch cartoon um, on NBC because listen, I have to watch it every time it's on. I love that of so much. It's probably my, probably my favorite, I think Christmas movie. I mean, even though it's maybe 20 minutes long, it's still my favorite Christmas, you know, special on television, but I saw an ad for this, uh, this stage production of the Grinch starring Matthew Morrison, who is playing the Grinch. And it's, it's, uh, and, and they filmed it, a filmed stage musical about the Grinch. I mean, the Grinch has a lot of music in it. So of course it would make for a great stage music. I, I believe it's been a musical already, but it has, um, been. it's been touring, um, for a number of years now. Mm -hmm. It's probably about 10 years old or so, but it's it's one of those shows that have been turned into musicals, and then each year around this time, they start going out touring. Maria Wittenauer is with me. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So, uh, a lot of things, shows, all sorts of classes uh, going on virtually, and uh, you have a new, uh, a new endeavor with, um, is it Serendipity? Uh, project right yes i'm calling it the serendipity factor theater factor theater okay yeah. <laughs> yes that's what it's called all right good and 
So, you are going to be uh, giving lessons, uh, acting lessons virtually, then? Yes. yes. Alright. So, so what made you want to start doing, uh, giving lessons, uh, giving acting lessons uh, virtually? Well, I, I didn't really start acting until college, and that was something I think I would have really liked to have had in Springfield. I know we have a lot of musical theater resources and things like that but not a lot of just straight acting. Um, and I really want to give people an opportunity if they've never tried acting before. Um, I think it's a really great way to gain confidence and public speaking skills and communication skills and things like that. Yeah, it sounds really good. Uh, so what's, what's your background then in theater? I know we've actually, we've shared the stage a couple of times. Nice. <laughs> um, but uh, what's, your, what's your background in theater school, everything like that? Would you, um, just background in theater, I guess? Sure. Um, yeah, my first show was at Sacred Heart Griffin with you in high school. Um, and then I really started in college. I did Bonnie and Clyde the Musical my freshman year. And then I got completely hooked and switched my major to theater. So I have a bachelor's degree in theater with a focus in acting. And then after I graduated, I actually moved to Chicago, which is where I live currently. And I went through most of the IO, which is Improv Olympic program up here. Um, unfortunately, that was stopped just short due to the pandemic, but right. I've now been taking acting lessons at Green Shirt Studio up here too. Yeah, that's awesome. So with, um, I took an acting class or two when I was in school, but, um, you know, took voice lessons, of course, but I don't, I don't know exactly how private uh, um, uh, acting lessons would work. So if you could, if you could walk through a little bit, what would, uh, what that would entail? Sure. Yeah, most, most acting classes, um, you will do scene work and partner work, um, but I think there is a really good opportunity for solo work. So it would be a lot of monologue work, um, help with auditions once we can perform again. Um, we can do a lot of improv scene work, which is kind of going along with my serendipity factor. It's um, learning to discover things rather than thinking of it before you do it. So improv is obviously in the moment and I could like guide students through, like you start with, you walk in a door, you open the door. What do you see? It's a toy shop. Like, what do you go to? And it's kind of about the physicality of actually discovering these things and seeing where your mind can take that. Um, we can also do a lot of movement work and physical work. One of my favorite things at IO was learning how to act first and let that give you ideas. So for example, you'll go on stage and not know what you're gonna do at all. So you don't have an idea, you walk on stage, you start reaching for something. You might not even know what you're reaching for, but once you do the action, it gives you the idea. So I think, I think there are a lot of opportunities for one-on-one -on -one work like that. Well, it sounds good, and that is definitely the sort of thing you'd want to you'd want to look for when you're um, when you're doing, well, of course, when you're acting. I um, how important is it to you that uh, people, um, young, old, anybody, um, is able to have um, is is able to learn about learn about the arts, learn about acting, uh, especially during this time? I think it's incredibly important. I think. Um, theater to me serves two big purposes. Um, 
you either watch a funny movie or a funny play to get your mind off of something negative in the world, or you use it to inform and really delve into those issues. Um, so acting for me really taught me a lot of empathy as well. I don't think there's any better way to learn how to relate to someone else than literally stepping into their shoes and knowing kind of like delving into how they think and why someone might do something differently than you would. I think that lends a lot to how we deal with each other in the real world too. Yeah, you you broke up a little bit there, but now I understand you completely um, about empathy. Yeah, you really have to, um, you know, put yourself uh, put yourself into the mindset of the person or even the other people in the scene to really, um, you know, understand what's what's going on there. Uh, this uh, this um, this this project. Um, where do you think? Where do you hope this is going to go? Um, in the future, as you uh, start to get more people signing up to do lessons, and you uh, keep expanding this endeavor. Sure. My end goal is actually to move back to Springfield and open my own studio and theater. Um, I would love to hold group classes whenever we're able to kind of get more into um, the nuts and bolts of acting and acting with a partner. Um, I would also, I, I'm a playwright as well. I really think Springfield could use some original ideas and a place for kids and adults alike to um, express their creativity and I hope to maybe have like a contest every year or something to where someone's original piece is performed that can be really important for a playwright is to actually get your work on the stage um, and I would just really love to bring a more diverse selection of theater to Springfield. Well that's awesome definitely looking forward to that always love you know theater in this town theater in general so that's uh that sounds really, really cool. If people want to sign up for lessons with you, how are they able to get, to get a hold of you and uh, when are the times available and cost, all that? Sure. I set up an email address. So that is serendipityfactorinfo at gmail.com. That is going to be the best way to reach me right now. Um, I am charging $30 an hour for an hour long lesson. I would recommend once a week. Um, and I am offering a half off for the first month just to make sure that we're a good fit. Um, and yeah, flexible with times. Um, I'm assuming probably weekday evenings would be best for most folks since kids are doing online learning. Um, but I am very flexible. So if you have a specific time that would work best, I'm definitely open to discussing that. All right. Well, that sounds great, Maria. Uh, it was good to talk to you again. Good to see you again. And thank you so much for joining me. Uh, best of luck to you in uh, all this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome back to Wig Out Wednesday. Way out, what, did you say Wig Out Wednesday? Wig Out Wednesday. Second? No, I said Way. I said Way Out Wednesday. Way Out Wednesday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, we got this brand new. Well, we still had a multi-camera setup, but right. it's much better quality. So I don't know what I, I don't know if I like it or not because I didn't shave. Oh, but it's a little more difficult hey. with only one hand. Yeah, hey, it's okay. I'll so. shave for you. It's all right. Oh, that's weird. Well, that, that's way out Wednesday. That's what it's all way about. Way out Wednesday. It's weird. <laughs> hey, but I'll tell you what's really weird. 
I know you guys have been seeing this monolith in the desert, right? This well, now you don't see it anymore. You don't see it anymore because they took it down. But in Utah, this monolith came up. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are familiar with uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, the beginning of that, you got the monolith, and then it's also in the rest of the movie. I shouldn't just say the beginning. But uh, so with all the things, crazy things happening in 2020, people were like, Really? We need a monolith to appear? Well, the craziest thing about the monolith appearing, it came out of nowhere, there wasn't any tracks, but the craziest thing to me is the fact that when the monolith left, right, they, they sent a crew out there, the Utah parks and whatever it is, there were human feces around the area. Yeah. Because there were no public restrooms there, and a bunch of people came out to see the monolith, and I don't know, I understand it's the middle of the desert, but can't you hold it in? What, what, what is it about people just, just dropping a fresh deuce by the monolith? Like, okay, let's say the monolith is something to bring in aliens. Yeah. Is that really our best foot forward? Is just somebody crouching there dropping a deuce yeah, let's, right by the monolith? Let's have some respect. Come on, people. people. Have respect, some respect the monolith. For the monolith. And, uh, it's in I, Romania now, by the way. There's a, there's a monolith over there yeah. now, too. You know, I saw an interesting theory that. Uh, this is some sort of weird viral marketing for a TV show or something. Oh, I'm sure it probably is. Yeah, they're like, remember the monolith? Well, now we have Monolith and Friends starring <laughs> Jeff Goldblum or something, you know. Remember toilets? Those are great. Let's start using them again. That, that Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. But sure. This is a, this is a PSA with yeah. the camera. This is a PSA. Yeah. Yeah, take your poo to the loo. <laughs> um, speaking of making an entrance, like the monolith, yes. you know, made a, made a giant entrance and Captured the, all of the internet. Yeah. Let me introduce you to a man known as Pretty Mike on Instagram. He's a, a nightclub owner from Nigeria, Mike Ezie Nawali Nwagu. Yeah. And he made quite the entrance into a Nollywood actor, William Uchemba, and his wife, Brunella, their big day. Yeah. He's invited to the wedding. So Pretty Mike shows up. Pretty Mike has a straight fire. If you, oh, there's the picture. Well, here he is. I mean, he has a straight fire suit. That'd be enough. Unre unreal. That would be enough normally to have the bride peeved at you showing up in a suit like that on the wedding day because you're taking attention from the bride. Right. But then to surround yourself with not one, not two, not three, not even five, but six impregnated women, which you say you impregnated yourself. That that. I, I believe I, him. that that right there yeah. over over this way. There it. we go. Whatever this in way. In the middle of our faces. Yeah, there we go. In the yeah. middle of our faces. That guy right there. That takes some guts. I mean, he's you know, I mean, looking at his suit, his. I mean, he's. I, I can way, see it. I mean, by the way, he captioned this post on his Instagram page. I love how he refers to himself in the third person. By the way, and not even fully pretty Mike. He just says, "PM and his six baby mothers." To be no film trick, we're just living our best life. Hashtag a better time. Hashtag happy home. Hashtag family is everything. Hashtag baby bum. Aww. Oh, well, I'm glad. You know what? Aww. Good for him. What a sweetheart. Hashtag baby bum baby with his bum. pink suit and his his Robert Palmer backup dancers that he impregnated. Uh, good, you know. People who, people who know addicted to love know what I'm talking about. Yeah. What's next? So... 
I love the James Bond movies. My favorite yes, film you do. series and GoldenEye is my favorite movie. Okay. Uh, and I also love playing the video game. The video game was pretty before. good. I love how Pretty Mike's still here for us. Yes, he is. Well, Pretty Mike. Uh, <laughs> oh, he disappeared. We, we, we love Just you, like the monolith. Pretty Just Mike like the monolith. was fleeting he for the a, internet. Went away. All right, but, but you uh, love GoldenEye. Love I love game. GoldenEye. Uh, so one of the big set pieces, both in the movie and one of the final levels of the game, is the um, antenna cradle, which is uh, the big, the giant... Um, the GoldenEye satellite, okay. uh, which is based in uh, based in Puerto Rico, is where they filmed Puerto it. Rico. Puerto Rico, yes, and uh, it's called the the Arecibo, the Arecibo Observatory. I believe I'm saying that right. Okay. Radio telescope. Who, who from Puerto Rico is going to call you out? No, nobody. Hopefully, I'm going to get it. Oh, my phone's ringing. No, but uh, <laughs> no. The uh, so the satellite was. It's scheduled to be demolished anyways, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it collapsed today. Oh! It completely collapsed. And the message self-destruct, kind of Inspector Gadget style, huh? Yeah, because, uh, well, you know, the, the movie set uh, was uh, already destroyed anyways in the movie when, uh, you know, spoiler alert, James Bond foils the plan. What? I know. Again? I know. Uh, Bond. Yeah. Bond. Got, uh, but, yeah, so the, uh, he, so, but now it actually destroyed and uh, 006's plans have been foiled again, oh, again, again. Yeah. And this time uh, in real life. This time in real life. It's unfortunate. But at least, you know. Nah, you sad? I am sad, but it's, okay. you know, it's a piece of film history, but a piece of James Bond film history, even though it's only, what, like 25 years old. May, hey, but maybe if someone grabs a piece of it, send it to Kev. Please do. I would be eternally grateful. Exactly. That would be wonderful. Send it, send it to him. Send it to me. For, for a Christmas gift. Yes. And on the topic of Christmas... TikTok has become like the thing for quarantine. Oh, yeah. Everyone is sharing weird challenges of TikTok or different life hacks. Uh, apparently, there is a lady online on TikTok uh, sh- uh, basically says it's a cooking hack. And by the way, it says her name is Shannon Doherty. Not the Shannon Doherty, Not though. The Shannon Doherty. This is no. a different Shannon Doherty. And her cooking hack is steaming your vegetables. In your dishwasher. Why do people always got to be weird she about put, She puts the vegetables in, like, mason jars and says, this is a time hack. You got to wait for the entire run of the dishwasher, the entire cycle, to get these vegetables. That's, How is that a time hack? That, I'm waiting even longer. I was to, that's like the I whole, gotta, go ahead. That's the whole day. That's like yeah. the whole day, depending on what kind of dishwasher you have. And by the way, I got a time hack on how you can steam your vegetables. Buy the ones that are microwavable. Yes, put the- those, those in the bag. I can't even screw those up. You want a time hack? That's it. You don't need to go on TikTok and watch not Shannon Doherty throw some vegetables in her damn dishwasher. Yeah, also, where's your camera? Hold on a second. Uh, those are also the really good kind. Yes, they are the, very delicious. In the uh, in the microwave. I love So, them. yeah, so because there's nothing you want on Christmas Day. First of all, you shouldn't be having people over probably this Christmas. Yeah. There's nothing you want for the people that are in your home to wait another two hours to eat because you're steaming your damn vegetables, which no one really wants at the meal anyway, in your dishwasher. Yeah. Shannon Doherty. You know what? I bet she's... Jerk. You know who I bet she's related to? I bet she's related to the girl who tried to cook the steak in her toast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those two to get together. What a fine holiday that'd be. (laughs) Oh, I got the steak done and toasted about 10 minutes. Oh, we only got another 50 minutes. It's on the dry cycle. I'm smoking the ham. It's on the chimney right now. Right, exactly. Over right now. That's what I got. (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyway. Anyways, Some people. If I was tasked with trying to restore a piece of art like that, I know I wouldn't be able to do a great job at no, it. No, no. And I'm not a sculptor, so I wouldn't be able to do that with a uh, uh, with a statue. But apparently, 
that just wasn't a problem for they said we're going to hire whoever we want to to do this statue. Me, I'll do it. I'll do. It. Well, that's you got the J. You're probably better than this person because if we show the picture here of oh, this, uh, yeah, Ooh. yeah. I mean, oh look. no, Mr. Bill. <laughs> that's what that looks like. We have the picture still up. That's what that looks like. It looks like Mr. Bill's animator did the replacement of the statue. Or like the uh, there was a there was a Cyclops movie where. The, the Cyclops just had one eye and it was like just drooped down. That's what this reminds me. Like, how do you, how do you mess up this so badly? Yes. It has it, it. The eyes are all over here and it's it, it's like not even connect. I mean, it looks it looks like a cartoon or like the a mouth is what gets me more than the eyes. Even just ooh, ooh. I'm shocked at everything. It's like I just saw. What did you do to me? Exactly. Snap. Snap. Got it. Yeah, we got it. You know, Home Alone's turning 30 this year. Might as well do the Kevin McAllister thing. Oh! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of statues, another thing we like to talk about from time to time was there was this big push over the summer replacing all Confederate statues with different statues. We had uh, Columbus was supposed to be Chef Boyardee, and we had the list went on and on. Now there's a petition online saying that every Confederate statue in Tennessee should be turned into a Dolly Parton statue. And you know what? I'm here for it. Yes. I mean, because if you read the story earlier this week, the Moderna coronavirus vaccine partially funded by Dolly Parton. If you can believe that, Dolly Parton had the extra funding. She goes, I'm just trying to help people. And now she wants to be on play in Playboy. Did you see that, too? She wants to pose for Playboy at age 75. Go ahead. And Playboy has said, if you want to, right, come on, come on, come on over, Dolly. Yeah. Come on over. Absolutely. So what is the, you know, replacing Confederate statues? What is the Confederacy given us? Racism, ugly flags. <laughs> yeah, uh, a bunch of uh, racism. They wanted slavery to be the law. What has Dolly Parton given us? Jolene, nine to five. Uh, Dolly World, and the best little whorehouse in Texas. The best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> just that Such alone. A great just, movie. Just that alone should give her statues everywhere, and maybe burial mounds next to them maybe. too. Of just, course, just throwing that out yeah. there. Uh, Pigeon Ford is where Dollywood is at. Pigeons leads us to our next story on Way Out Wednesday, where a... Now, I didn't realize these were things. I guess Mike Tyson owns some of these racing pigeons. I've never seen them televised. I mean, the Ocho has dug deep. Like, when Cornhole shows up on your TV, uh, the next step is the pigeon racing. And apparently very, I would imagine, lucrative, because recently a champion racing pigeon named New Kim... Which is a terrible name. Apparently, old Kim died. Oh. Don't know what happened. That's why we have new Kim. Oh. R.I.P. Old Kim. <laughs> the new pigeon, two years old, was sold for a record $1.9 million for a racing pigeon. What a steal. Oh, my yeah, God. This, uh, apparently, the auction website says this pigeon in particular was retired by trainer, get, get this, Gaston Van de Wauer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because is... when I think of pigeon racing, I think no one trains like Gaston. The pigeons like Gaston. That's what I think yes. of when I think of pigeon racing. <laughs> well, that is wonderful. I love me some pigeon racing. I know nothing about it, but I have to look it up because it sounds so great. By the way, the person who bought this pigeon in particular apparently also purchased a pigeon a couple of years ago for $1.4 million. The champion racing pigeon named... Armando. Armando. Yeah, you don't want to mess with Armando. No, Armando, he's... he's he'll, he'll peck your eyes out. He'll peck your eyes out. He's <laughs> sweeping the competition. It's time for Bottom of the Bargain Bin. 
with Kevin Hart. <laughs> Welcome back to Bottom of the Bargain Ban. I'm Kevin Hart. You like the setup? I, I like it a lot. You know, I got some records over here. Got some VHS tapes right there. You know, I really like it a lot. I hope you guys do too. You know what I didn't like though? Oh, this movie that I watched this week. So the Die Hard series. Okay, let me stop right there. I am not reviewing Die Hard because that is an amazing movie. Uh, there's a big debate. There is every year about whether Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie. Um, it is, but we're not going to get into that discussion because, uh, well, you know, I, I was a, I kind of wanted to review Die Hard, but it's like, yeah, everyone's done it, and you know, the, the discussion about whether it's a Christmas movie or not. I mean, you really could go on for hours about that. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get into that, but because it's the Christmas season and Die Hard is usually associated as being a Christmas movie, I was thinking, hmm, Die Hard's had quite a few movies. They've had five of them, and varying in quality. Uh, the second one takes place during Christmas. So I was thinking maybe that one, but ah, that movie's too good. Uh, it's pretty famous with the, you know, the really horrible TV edits of it. But, you know, I was thinking of something, yeah, you know, that, that one's too good. Die Hard 3 is really good. Uh, it's probably better than 2. 4 is pretty bad, but still, I mean, I, I liked it myself. It's not perfect. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, you know, you know, movie hacking where, bam, I got into the mainframe. There's a lot of that, so, you know, some people might, uh, you know, not really care for that. Then we have Die Hard 5. A Good Day to Die Hard is the name of this movie, and... It was made very recently, 2013, and I remember seeing this in the theaters and wondering, the hell does this have to do with Die Hard other than Bruce Willis being in it? So let me explain a little bit of this movie's plot to you because it really is dumb, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and a lot of it doesn't really matter. So at the end of Die Hard 4, um, throughout the movie, that movie, John McClane was trying to reconcile with his daughter, Lucy McClane, who's played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. He's trying to reconcile with her, and so he finally does near the end of the movie. And in this movie, Die Hard 5, he's trying to reconcile with his son. He hasn't seen him in a long time, and he's trying to find him. And he, he realizes that he might be in Russia, so he goes off to find his son, his son is played by Joy Cart Jay Joy Courtney Jay Courtney, but here is his daughter Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who he talks to before uh, he goes on his mission to find his son. Dad, just try, try not to make an even bigger mess of things. So then he makes his way to Russia, and he is, uh, you know, he's in a cab, and he's with this Russian cab driver. And you really think, okay, this guy could have been a, this guy could have been a through line. He could have been like Argyle, or maybe even uh, Sergeant Al Powell, right? He could have been this character who's reoccurring because he's, you know, he's a little bit charismatic. But no, of course, you know, he's 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 there basically just to introduce the scene, and he's not in the rest of the movie. Are you a cop? Yeah. How'd you know I was a cop? You don't look like a lawyer. So then this huge car chase ensues and uh, Bruce Willis punches this, he, he, he takes, he, you know, carjacks this guy, but punches him in the face, who, who's yelling at him in Russian and then Bruce Willis yells at him, do you think I understand what you said? And it's like, hey, he probably didn't understand what you said because you're a dumb American yelling at him. You know, I'm sure it got like, you know, awkward chuckles in the theater, but just like, 
really that's a really terrible terrible line for so many different reasons but you know you get past that you know then he actually runs into his son i mean literally like runs into his car and he he finds him jack dad this is what you've been doing 007 of plainfield new jersey relax you're safe now his son jack is now this cia agent who is uh, who is in russia attempting to help this whistleblower who is going to get uh, an unfair trial in russia i know who would have thought but uh you know that's that's the background of the plot and it just goes way off of the deep end because you know they're trying to get this we have this information that will you know exonerate him and they won't be able to you know go against him you know it, it turns into a plot about nuclear weapons of course you know as you know as you do i guess goes right into this uh this whole plot of we have all these nuclear grade weapons um, weapons grade uranium nukes someone's gotta stop him boy. so a hop and a skip later and they are just you know all over trying to get trying to get to this uh this place now this vault that they're trying to get to to get this information or ends up being weapons is in i thought so when i first saw the movie i guess i maybe wasn't paying that much attention and even already watched it i thought this took place in chernobyl and i was like wow they really went to chernobyl and like didn't get radiation poisoning or cancer or anything like that turns out it's not actually chernobyl but it's a place that was blown up by like a huge nuclear bomb or some sort of facility this is a place in ukraine so you know why it's still i think that would be a big danger but of course they, they go in there with like you know probably less clothes than i have on they have like a shirt and jeans they're like oh here we go let's go and they're going with this uh this scientist guy this whistleblower they're trying to protect but it turns out he's actually one of the main villains uh he is uh, he turns on them and he's like yeah i'm gonna use this and i'm gonna conquer whatever um you know, that doesn't, of course, turn out well for him because he eventually he does end up getting killed, and they save the day, like walk off into the sunset. Now, what happens with that story? Now, you got to think here. Um, the stories of these diehard movies. This t- movies takes about like two hours and ten minutes. All four of the previous movies do, and so that they're able to establish, uh, you know, a certain point of, okay, we think this is going to happen, the intervention um, of the police and all this other stuff, and then there is this sort of, you know, big sort of act three falling action that puts everything into place, and that's when everything really hits the fan, and you got to say, oh no, you know, now the stakes are even higher, and John McClane has to go do this. Uh, no, no. That's not in this movie. The the guy is revealed, you know, he's like, he turns on him pretty early-ish in the movie, and by the time they get to the 90-minute mark, that's when you kill everybody and they they miraculously escape, and you're like, okay, so now what's the big twist? And the credits rolled, and I'm just like, what is this movie? It's gonna just, it's just gonna do me like that. But... Yeah, the the death of the main villain is uh is pretty spectacular. Although they try to make it be like, oh hey, remember this? Because they they mirror the shot of Alan Rickman falling in the first Die Hard movie, and it's just like, no, I don't disrespect them. Oh, don't do them like that. Come on, don't disrespect one of the best death scenes in a movie ever by trying to copy it. And the guy falls, you know, the the guy in this movie falls into helicopter blades and blows up. 
Um, it's, it looks cool, but it's like, you know, again, do, why are they referencing a good movie like the original Die Hard? I guess they have to. So, you know, but, you know, the other thing they do is they, uh, you know, do yippee ki and it's not as epic as the other ones. But, you know, when he says it the first time in the first Die Hard, it's not that epic either. He's just kind of going into an elevator when he says it. So, you know, whatever. Or he's walking down a staircase, I should say. That's what he actually does. So I didn't mind it that much. But trust me, there's way worse problems with this movie. Like, uh, there are these these Russian mob guys that they run into. This guy who's, like, eating a carrot. And he's like, you guys are going to be killed. This, you know, this Yakov Shmurnoff sort of, like, Boris and Natasha. These villains are cartoons. They are cartoon Russian villains. I mean, it is hilariously bad. Uh, and, you know... They're tied up, John and his son are tied up in these zip ties, and, you know, they're like, they're like mugging to each other and, like, trying to talk to each other as they're cutting themselves loose, and they shoot all these guys, and, uh, you know, another thing is there's this, like, real machismo aspect of the movie, like, you got, you know, John and his son, they got this moment, and it's like, yeah, we're not a hugging family, and it's it's just, it's so, it's, it's kind of cringeworthy. Nobody's gonna die today. Need a hug? We're not a hugging family. Damn straight. Yeah, emotions are for wussies. But yeah, just macho man. Yeah, it's it's like that combined with the thing at the beginning where he punches the Russian guy and says, "Do you understand what I said?" It's you know, it's it. This movie's just bad, bad and awkward. The action scenes are by the numbers. The plot is really uninspired. I mean, the only reason this is a Die Hard movie is because Bruce Willis was in it and they put Die Hard in the title. Any other way, this would have been any other by-the-numbers, you know, oh, the Russian mob sort of movie, uh, but, you know, they, they had to shoehorn, shoehorn, I mean literally shoehorn the diehard characters. None of the other ones except for Bruce Willis, you know, none of them have any recurring parts from any of their movies, aside from his daughter who's in the first and last, like, couple minutes of the movie, and, like, that's it. And nothing to do with Die Hard. Uh, cannot recommend this movie at all. If you want to watch a good Die Hard movie, literally any of the other ones, one, the best one. Uh, two is good. Three is pretty, pretty good. Four is okay. Watch any of them except for this garbage that is Die Hard Part 5, A Good Day to Die Hard. And it is not a good day if you're watching this movie, I should say. So that's my recommendation. No recommendation of this movie because it is pretty terrible. Got a well-deserved, um, very low rating on a lot of rating websites. And that's my rating that I'm going to give it none. No recommendation. Don't ever watch this movie. Watch the other Die Hard movies. Thank you so much for watching and listening in to Bottom of the Bargain Interviews. I will see you next time. You missed a segment? Hello? Hello? Anybody home? You can find it at WMAY.com slash arts and entertainment. You can hear the full show, some of the clips, some of the things you might not even hear on the air. Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. Thank you once again for listening in. I will see you next week here at 11 a.m. WMAY.